Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 134. Today's show is brought to you by Candace Hunter. Candace Hunter Creations. Candace helps people connect with plants to create optimum health. Learn more at candacehunter.com. And the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is brought to us by the good folks at the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine. You can find more on the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. And the Herbal Nerd Society. So Yeah, that Herbal Nerd Society, they are great. This is an exclusive club through Practical Herbalist, and it's a members only, and it's only $4.99 a month, and you pay for it in three-month sections, and you get access to all of our old podcasts, our exclusive Let's Talk series with, uh, it's a little interviews with our guests that some of you have heard on the podcast, and it's on specific topics we also have articles every single week. We have weekly articles on Herb of the Month. And then we also are starting a new Meet the Herbalist series. Oh, yes, we are. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so, this is yeah. Candace's brainchild. Yeah. Well, you know, the Herbal Nerds, we kind of geek out on stuff. Yeah. So getting to find information on some of the many herbalists, not only the ones that we've chatted with through Real Herbalism Radio, but we'll be doing a lot of other herbalists as well. Mm. You know, just a variety of folks. Yeah, so, there's a lot to choose from. There's so many cool people. So, and remember, we have uh, this geared like you. We encourage people to get to know herbs one at a time, and that's how we're designing this. It's almost like a course over the years. So you get to know each herb, one herb every month in a variety of different ways. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach. Herbal Integrated Health Clinic, and we are a 501c3, and you can reach us at www.occupy-medical.org. Great. Hunter Creation, putting your marketing ideas to reality, from banners to business cards to brochures to websites. They've got you covered. Visit them at huntercreation.com. And the ASI Heat Graphics, if you need custom-printed shirts for your herbal event or a fundraising, they can help you. Visit them at acehighheatgraphics.com. And we have some events coming up. One event in particular we're actually sponsoring. We are. Yes, we, we are. are. Yes, it's the Herb Day. It's it's fabulous, and it's in Vanita. Herb Day is a national herb. It's a national day. It's an actual <laughs> thing. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Then. Yeah, it's yeah. For, All right. for realsies. Herb Day. Yep. And uh, the herb of the year this time for 2018 is hops. And this wonderful gal, Nicole Nelson, has put this together. It's in Venita, Oregon, at, at Applegate Regional Theater uh, from 10 to 6. And if you come by, you will have music and a beer garden. And there's workshops. And both Candace and I are teaching individual ones. I'm doing mine on lemon balm. Mm-hmm. I think mine is on poultry and herbs. Yeah, so herbs for ducks and chickens makes sense when you think about it, doesn't it, guys? <laughs> That's <laughs> so join right. Join us there. And there's a bunch of activities for kids. There's beer garden for the adults. There's free herbal TV, uh, tea, not TV. <laughs> uh, there's variety of food. There's live music, and it's free. Yeah. And all donations go to what, Sue? It goes to Occupy Medical. That's All right. my little baby. There you go. <laughs> All right. So that's that's May 5th. And the second big one. Oh, wait. Can you no, no. Something? You're right. You're okay. right. Okay. And the second big event for the month of May is the Free Herbalism Project on yeah. the 6th. That's with uh, the speakers there will be Missy Rose and Thomas Easley. Yes. And it'll be at Mount Pisgah Arboretum in, just outside of Eugene. 
Is that like mm-hmm. think the edge of Eugene on yes. Mount Kiska? Yes, very so, edgy. Yeah. So you can yeah. find more at freeherbalismproject.com. Yeah, there's like a 209 acres there at Mount Pisgah. It's absolutely beautiful, seven miles of trail. So you get there and you listen to those fabulous folks and you can go strolling around for a long, long time and just have a fabulous day of it. And then you get a week off and the following weekend, the 18th to the 20th, is the Traditional Roots Herbal Conference. So I think you're talking there. Yes, I surely am. That's in Portland, Oregon, and that's at NUNM, which is Oregon's uh, Naturopathic Physician College on Parter Street there. That's the May 18th through the 20th, and I'll be speaking two of those days. And I have a whole bunch of great people that will be um, teaching workshops and classes uh, along with me, Paul Bergner and a bunch of folks that, my goodness, I've I've been following their work for a long time, so it's really an honor to be part of that organization. And I hope to to have folks see, to hope to see folks there. You can still register now, but it's going to be filling up pretty darn fast. And the last big event for May is the Wildflower Fest at Mount Pisgah Arboretum. It is free to come. It's a great time to uh, get. Get those plants in your yard that you know you have them, but you don't know what they are. And they have, what, thousands of them on yes. display? Yeah, they have a, yeah, a whole pavilion just full of them. And then there's a little card to identify them and a little something about it. And people have also brought in flowers and plants for the experts there that are at tables to help identify them. You can meet local authors, and they have a bunch of plants that you can buy for really inexpensive. Uh, there's kids' activities. There's music all kinds of stuff. It's just beautiful. And um, one of the things is make sure that you check at least one of those uh, plant walks that they have. So yes. Everything's in bloom. Yes, it's really pretty. Fabian Fredrickson said, the things you are passionate about are not random. They are your calling. This we herbalists know to be true through and through. Today we're talking about following that passion with Amanda Dilde, author of Flowers for a Girl, teacher and founder of Alcamilla's School of Embodied Herbalism. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sucier Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sucier Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Welcome, Amanda. Welcome. Welcome to our show. Thank you. And congratulations on your new book, Flowers for a Girl, Plant Medicine and Sexual Trauma. I had the opportunity to read it, both Candace and I did. Yeah. We felt like we were part of a favored group. Yeah. <laughs> it was Thank amazing. you for taking the time to read it. That blesses my heart. You don't put something like that out there to just lay on a table, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was intense. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, really know what I was getting into at all. And Amanda, Amanda, I just called you Amanda, Candace. <laughs> Candace handed me the copy, the the electronic copy, and I started reading it. And I, it, initially, I thought it was an, you know, an herb book with herb ID, blah, blah, kind of, kind of standard sorts of herb books that we read. And it was something completely different. Uh, the yeah. not only just the fact that it was written in more of a poetic form, but also the the topic and how you handled you kind of introduced different herbs um, centered around your own personal story in such an intimate and um, I don't know emotionally challenging way. I would mm-hmm. say it was it it was unlike anything I had ever read before. Well, that blesses my heart. <laughs> it does. And I know it's different. And I, I think that's why 
I don't know. I don't know what people in the herbal world will make of it, but I believe that the medicine is in the story. So if people read the different sections, you know, mugwort, tulip poplar, they'll hear the medicine in the story. Like my hope is they'll hear their own emotions, their own experiences, and they'll go and, you know, find that plant. And I just, I was thinking about how in, you know, Native American medicine, often they teach the medicine through telling the stories, you know? So this is how it came out though. It wasn't like I had the idea. It's just how it came. But anyway, thank you for, (laughs) thank you for your kind words. Yeah, it was, for me, it was brilliant. I mean, and brilliant in that it, one of the things that happens for many of us when we're reading our, you know, our herbals and we're reading all the the symptoms and all the energies and the, you know, the regular way that we often study herbs is that you get a very intellectual idea, mm-hmm. but then there's, it's almost like papery or dusty, you know, you've got it and you can go out and apply it, but there's a distancing. Mm-hmm. And in reading yours, it was your, your flowers for a girl. For me, it was really, it got around all of that and spoke to through my creative mind into my intellectual mind. So it made it much more palpable. A little more fleshy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy to hear that. Cause that was part of my desire was so that people would read and find healing, find medicine, but also get to know the plants in a, an intimate way, a different sort of way. You know, like you said, sometimes when we have, it's anti-inflammatory, it's for cold and dry conditions, it has tannins. It's almost like knowing somebody's first and last name, address, and birth date sometimes. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, right. But yeah. there's so much more to yeah. the plants. And so to get to know them in a way that's intimate so that their story is your story and your story is their story. And that's where I think the magic is mm-hmm. yeah. with the plants and the medicine. Yeah. So how is it that you ended up becoming a herbalist and knowing these plants so intimately? Well, I was very sick um, almost a decade ago and I had a, a laundry list of physical symptoms, easy bruising, um, heart palpitations, plummeting blood pressure. Um, I had just experienced postpartum depression, even with hallucinations, so maybe even postpartum psychosis, Um, a whole host of things. And I began to have miscarriages. I had had three healthy children, easy pregnancies. And then I entered into a season of um, seven consecutive miscarriages in three and a half years. And the doctors all said, you know, your blood work is fine. This is just a season. These things happen. And I just thought, where did, where'd you go to school? I don't think this is normal. (laughs) I've never, I've never heard of a phase you go through where you, you know, have this many consecutive miscarriages, you know, when you're, you know, have had healthy pregnancies anyway. Um, but, I I began to do what a lot of people do, which is to, you know, self-diagnose and, um, you know, do my own research. And I actually ordered this book from Amazon called The Infertility Cure. And when it arrived, 
it was written from a traditional Chinese medical perspective. And I was like, oh, great, because I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. traditional Chinese medicine at the time. I thought, this isn't going to be any help to me. You know, I'll just have to return it. Why didn't they say this in the summary? But um, when I flipped it open, there was a chapter on immunological infertility, and, and which is exactly what I thought my problem was. Oh, um, physiologically anyway. Yeah. And I began to read and it was myself and it -hmm. began by saying, you know, this is new to Western medicine, but, you know, traditional Chinese medicine has been (laughs) treating this thousands of years. And so I thought I have to find an acupuncturist. So I did. And, um, I was with her after seven consecutive miscarriages, an enormous amount of blood loss and grief and, um, you know, three and a half years of that, I was only with her for a little over a year before mm-hmm. she said to me, I think that you're ready. And I knew it. I felt at the healthiest actually that I'd ever felt. And mm-hmm. it was simply through needles and, well, I don't want to say simply, but yeah. needles <laughs> and um, Chinese herbs. And of course, a lot of work emotionally and lifestyle changes, but you know, that's what was used. But during that time, I ordered Rosemary Gladstar's um, online, or not online, but her correspondence course, um, because I wanted to learn more. And I actually didn't finish it. I actually didn't even finish the first lesson. Oh. <laughs> oh and I'll tell you why. Um, but it was on Mullen. And when I read it, I was sitting out on my side porch. It was in the summer. It was at nighttime. And I was sitting on my side porch in this swing and I read it and just thought I I remember this I remember being little I remember loving the plants I remember having relationships with them and I just felt it calling back to myself when I was small and I just knew I had found myself again although that was quite a journey to <laughs> you know find all of my pieces and parts but um I knew that it was my path. I was going to go forward with this, but I didn't finish it because the very first question at that time anyway, was tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't answer the question. Oh, and I couldn't answer it. I couldn't get anywhere with that question. And so I didn't answer it and I didn't even turn in my first homework assignment and I actually didn't go any further with, um, with the lesson, um, with the course, but I began to plant plants and read and make teas. And at the time I was attending births as a midwifery student and I did not have a lot of what they call butter births, which is where, you know, you go and it moves with the rhythms you're expecting, yeah. and, you know, and then suddenly the baby slips out with three pushes and yeah. there's no difficulty in third stage. So a lot of my friends who were students had butter births and they'd come back from births glowing oh, and wow. I was not glowing. I went to a lot of births that were really life and death situations, oh. but frankly, I think is sort of the nature of birth but yeah um, it's honestly it's it's traumatic (laughs) yes yes it is and and I was sort of just doing that trauma over and over again in the middle of miscarrying and I just it's too long of a story for here but I attended a birth that was sort of the end of it for me I just Mm -hmm. decided I'm 
not going to do this anymore. And I had two more births to attend, and then I was going to stop. And in the middle of that, I'd been hosting our community's local birth circle where women would gather to just talk about women things, mom things, birth things. And one of the ladies had said, hey, there's this herbalist nearby. Do you think she could come and talk to us about, you know, herbs for women or herbs for babies? And I was like, there's a herbalist around here. <laughs> How did I not hear about this already with my interest and in even just being in the midwifery community? So we invited her, Teresa Boardwine from Green Comfort School of Herbal Medicine in Virginia. And um, I was able to, you know, meet her, talk with her a little. And when I decided not to attend births anymore, I knew that I wanted to go be with the plants. And so I called Teresa and said, I'm tired of people <laughs> and <laughs> I want to come and spend time with plants. And um, so I signed up for her foundations course. Um, and my very first day in that class, we met in her yurt. And in the midwifery circles, I had always felt on the fringe. Like mm -hmm. I was parts of these circles, but I wasn't. I was just on the fringe of these circles. Like something was just off for me in those circles it really wasn't my place and when I went to her yurt that first class I just got teary-eyed and started to cry because I just immediately knew I'd found my tribe I found my people I found my path and Teresa as my first teacher was exactly the sort of teacher that I needed I love her dearly and um, before that before the class plants had been coming I would need things and I would see a plant in my mind and I wouldn't have ever seen it before or know its name, but suddenly I would know its name <laughs> and oh, nice. I would know it was the plant I needed. It happened several times before I called her with ladies mantle and some other plants where I, I would just be talking and then I'd, I'd see it and I'd know it, know its name and go look it up. And sure enough, it was what I needed. And so the plants were starting to call. Nice. <laughs> they were starting to talk to me. And so everything just came together, you know, and um, that was a very sad season for me, a deeply painful season with the losses, but it was my medicine path. Yeah. And those babies not staying, you know, they gave me a, a wonderful gift. Um, in the plants and in healing. So that's a, a little summary. I don't know if you have, you know, more questions. I'm trying not to talk for hours about that, but oh, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit of I got there. That's an inspired path, actually. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of the herbs that you talk about in your book, are they flower essences or are they tinctures or, you know, the herbs that I use in my book, came in very strange ways. Um, so Violet is um, the first book that I talk about, in, in, the first herb I talk about in the book. And it was interesting because before I ever remembered being sexually abused when I was small, my yard began to fill with violets. And, you know, people say violets like, you know, damp, cool, shady places, you know, usually – but my yard was not that. It was full sun, and and they were taking over my yard. I mean, the back at the house we lived in at the time, maybe it was like a 
just a little quarter acre, but they were taking it over. And for a couple of springs, I would go out there and I mean, I could gather, 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 and you wouldn't even be able to tell. And, um, we'd make syrups and tinctures and teas, but it was coming, you know, because I needed her. And so, um, she came and I used her as a tincture. Okay. I also just used her presence. There's a lot of herbs in there that I simply use their presence. I used yeah. a lot of body work when I was healing from, um, well, you know, healing in the remembering of the abuse. And um, I would be laying on the table during the cranial sacral therapy session and plants would come. I would see them and they would go to places in my body and I would see the work that they were doing. And so then I would spend the next month before my next appointment sitting with them, drinking the tea, using the tinctures, using the flower essences. That's why in the book I don't really get very specific, as you can tell, on how to use it and the dosages um, because I don't think it's a protocol. But like blue cohosh I used as a flower essence, early meadow rue was a flower essence. But yeah. others were tinctures teas tulip poplar i sat with for two years <laughs> because she's a slow teacher yeah. she will tell you when she's ready and not a moment before yeah. um so it was a mix of the way that i use those plants well i have to thank you for adding putting violet in there and for bringing it up because that's one of the ones that in the house that i live in now i mean the, the place we live now which we've been living in for close to a decade now there's all kinds of violets in the backyard. And I, you know, I wasn't sure for a long time. I wasn't even sure if they like, are these violets okay to use as herbs or not? And, mm -hmm. and so I just, she was just there. And I look around typically around my house and my space, or if someone's, if I'm working with a client and I'm at their place, I look around and see what are the herbs that are coming up? What's happening? And yes. in my space, Violet is there and it's, it's, I've wondered why, you know, cause I, I hear about things like, oh, Violet's for cancer. I'm like, well, cancer doesn't tend to run in my family and mm -hmm. nobody then in my house has it. So why is Violet here? And after, well, I don't after reading what you said, I realized part of why Violet is here for me is because I had to find my own voice. And that happened Aww. over the last decade. Yes. And my space, my home is also where I mostly see clients and, and I'm building my client practice. And as a part of it, I'm realizing that people needing to find their voice is part of why they're coming to me. So... You give me an incredible gift. <laughs> I just love that. That's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that, you know, you heard the medicine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just beautiful. And that's one of the primary uses, I think, for Violet is finding, finding our voices. And I love that it's coming even for your people, you know, yeah, yeah. not just for you. But your people and I, I agree. The plants that come, I do the same thing. Um, you know, the plants that started to come outside my house during the miscarriages, or mm -hmm. or when I began to remember, and not just the plants at my house, but the plants that I'd see along the road that were like literally like telescope vision. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, calling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
what, what, and you know, it's strange because unlike you, when certain plants will not like you, but in that instance with Violet, where I wonder, like, is it the scariest reason they're here? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Right. you know, that's where my mind goes. Um, and I honestly, I, I worried about it for a very long time. And then I did end up finding my voice. And as I found it and built my practice, I didn't think about it. And then in reading your book, I'm like, aha, <laughs> finally the connection. <laughs> that makes me so happy. It really does just bless my heart because I just believe that these stories are good medicine. They're true stories, but mm -hmm. stories. They are definitely. I also particularly, I loved reading your your the piece you did on Rose and I loved listening in the, um, the me too, uh, mm -hmm. flower essences for trauma video that you have on your website. I, yeah. the part you talked about Rose, I loved that. And it really, that's another one that got me thinking because in my family, my um, grandmother, my one grandmother, always, her house always smelled like roses and the back bedroom where we kids went and would stay, it always smelled like roses, mm -hmm. like that classic mm -hmm. rose smell. And my other grandmother cultivated roses and she had beautiful, beautiful roses. And I've always loved roses. And so I've got roses at my home and I'm not nearly as good at cultivating as my babsha was, but you know, I'm working on it. I have a flock of four ducks and of the four, <laughs> of the four, two of them announced their names and one of them is Rose. And she was very insistent oh. that that's her name. And I said, fine, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have an interesting story about Rose because you said that, you know, your grandmothers would use it and you loved mm -hmm. them and you loved the smell of them. Mm -hmm. I actually, I have two, two little stories about Rose. I have a memory of standing in a Walmart parking lot when I was, you know, maybe seven, eight years old. We were poor. And so we didn't really get to buy anything ever. Like even when we went to Walmart, they used to have those like 25 cent Sam's Colas. Mm -hmm. And so my mom would say, you can get one. And then me and my two siblings, we had to share it. So it's right. like splitting a 25 cent you know, yeah. Sam's Cola. So, <laughs> so I'm standing there and for some reason I have been able to buy a doll. Someone has bought me a doll. It was this little doll. I don't even remember their names, but a little like figurine plastic doll. And it was from a series where the dolls were, they were flowers. They were mm -hmm. from a little cartoon or something that were flowers. And this doll was the rose. Mm -hmm. And I, I have remembered my whole life standing in the Walmart parking lot, holding the doll to my nose and breathing her in. And of course, now I know why. <laughs> but did you know the whole rest of my life until I began to remember, um, I didn't spend any time with roses and I, and I would tell people I didn't like flowers and I wasn't a floral girl. I, I didn't like floral things. And then maybe about two years before I began to remember the abuse, I was drawn to rose water and I used it every day and spritzed it on my face and came to love the smell of it and came to think about, like you said, that my children would remember the smell and my children would love the smell. And I really think that that was a slow, gentle medicine that began the remembering. So yeah. that's another way I use plants. 
with that rose is, water. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's slow, gentle. That's exactly what Rose, my duck, is. She's she's slow. She's gentle. She's nothing really phases her. She's just like, yep, it's all good. Just keep moving forward. Can eat that a duck named Rose is a children's book. <laughs> There's a story in that. <laughs> I think so. So the the herbs that you have on here, these are ones that you said you used in a variety of ways. Which would you say is your favorite? Oh my goodness, that's a difficult question. You, you I can have a couple that, favorites. Yeah, I think maybe instead of saying which one is my favorite, I I might just say the one that has become an ally in a way that um she or he will always be with me, which is tulip poplar. Mm-hmm. Um, tulip poplar. I didn't put this in the book, but I. She came to me at the beginning, and that portion's in the book where I stand between the two tulip poplars, and they take my hands, you know, and swing me between them, you know, yeah. and say, "We'll be your parents." That was absolutely beautiful, by the way. And um, I, I worked with Tulip Poplar for over two years, sitting with her, begging her to talk to me because I knew she had medicine. And the freedom that Tulip Poplar gave me, like in the book, when I describe the day that I get up and I go outside and I run through the trees and high five them and start to sing, like the freedom that Tulip Poplar was able to give and like the energy and the hope and what it's been able to do for my heart. And there's still more to learn. Tulip Poplar told me once when I was sitting with her or him, I'm not really sad <laughs> for Tulip Poplar, um, that she wants me to tell her story. And I don't know what her story is yet. So, Ooh. and she's a slow talker and a slow teacher. <laughs> so I'm going to keep sitting. But I think that Tulip Poplar has come to be a plant of my heart and we're always going to be together because when she said, and I, I put this in the book, I can heal the mother wound. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, she can, you know, and she's still healing it, but just her tenderness and patience and just a plant that wants the best for you and, and cheers you on and has hope for you and, it's so hard to put into words, but I think that tulip poplar, it might not be my favorite, but um, I don't think I would describe some of the other plants as like plants of my heart, you right. know? Yeah. Um, there was just a depth and it, and tulip poplar was a companion, you know, from the beginning. She came at the beginning and walked as a companion. Um, just deep medicine. I'm sorry. Yeah. That probably sounds so. <laughs> no, it, it sounds real, actually. I mean, you need you need somebody to walk with you and be willing to go through those really, really hard experiences if you truly want to get whole, if you truly want to, yeah. you know, move beyond it. Yeah, and that night, I, wrote, I write about this in the book, the night where I, I go out into the darkness after my mom has said, you know, that's it, I'm finished with you. You know, it was like one or two in the morning, and I don't usually go out into the dark that time. I have six children. I'm usually sleeping, yeah. but there was, there was no sleeping that night. And when I went out into my yard, I wanted tulip poplar. I mean, it was that sort of companionship. Like 
if I go to her, she will be there. If I go to her, she will help me. If I go to her, you know, she will hold me. Even if she chooses not to speak to me this time, Mm -hmm. she will be present. Yeah. yeah, So, and that's, that's, I mean, that's like the essence of truly parenting. That really is. Yeah. And I think that's why I think it, I would call it the parent tree. I know one of my teachers, Matthew Wood, when I asked him about it, he called it the Jesus tree where he said it's for those who feel unforgivable. And, but we both agreed there's got to be more to that tree. (laughs) And after with what I have at Tulip Poplar, I wrote to him and told him why I thought it was the Jesus tree even more than what we talked about. But I said, but really it's the, it's the parent tree for anyone who's lost parents, orphans or abuse or, um, neglect like anybody who's parentless in some way yeah have you ever had the honey from the tulip tree i haven't boy that sounds that like something sounds you wonderful need. Yeah. yeah that sounds oh. <laughs> that sounds really good yeah the 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 little note that i found here it says it's not considered a good table honey but bakers prefer it which is, I wow. guess it's because it's so, it's such a dark, strong honey that it would just overpower if you put it over biscuits. But if you're baking it into something, then it would give it a good foundation. I might have to try that this yeah. spring, summer. You know, it's interesting you say that because I made an oil with the leaves. And the, the fresh leaves? A, the f- with the fresh leaves. Well, you know, let them kind of sit for a minute. And then I made an oil. With the leaves, that's the first medicine I made with Tulip Poplar because that's what she offered. She offered, well, that was a he. He offered his mm-hmm. leaves, and I made the oil. But I gave it to a friend who had talked about a portion of her abdomen feeling dead, like she just wanted to cut it off, oh, which wow. is horrible. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh. And she, there's stuff there. There's deep things. Yeah. And I felt very drawn to give her Tulip Poplar. She even told me like the day it started to feel that way and what had led up to it. And so I gave her the oil and because I was led to, I didn't really have any, you know, (laughs) this takes care of parts of your body that you wish you could cut off. That's the traditional (laughs) (laughs) She rubbed it on her belly and she wrote to me and said, I love it. As soon as I did, my belly began to feel warm and tingle. And Mm. she said, like, all sorts of bees buzzing, but, like, in a warm, like, summer way, like, coming to life. So that's kind of interesting to me that you mentioned the honey and she mentioned the bees and the warmth. And that makes me want to make honey um, this season because, you know, you know, different ways that you prepare medicine is different medicine. Yeah. You know, and what it's going to offer. Yep. And to have a medicine from tulip tree made by bees that would be that would be some good yes good uh spirit medicine as well oh well well look what we started oh no (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty amazing so you you pay it sounds like you pay attention to the plants that are around you that's one of your can be here now sort of slogans as being present in the moment and being paying attention to the plants that that are around you and and listening to their language yes i very much believe that the medicine that we need as so many others believe is near us is right here and 
it comes to us. So if we're just looking, you know, we have the medicine. We don't have to go, you know, to some far off land. Or I'll tell you, you don't even have to go up into the mountains. Let me tell you what <laughs> happened. So I have six kids and we just moved here and our life is busy and tumultuous and we're settling into a new place. And I've, Reishi was calling. Hmm. Reishi mushroom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just calling and, you know, showing up in books and conversations and, oh, yeah. um, in my dreams and but I just thought how am I ever going to find space right now to go you know tramping through the forest looking for reishi mushrooms and this last summer or spring I stepped out onto my back porch which from the porch to the grass on the back is you know maybe like five or six feet and there's a a stump there and I thought is that what I think it is? <laughs> and I went over there, and not only was it one reishi, I had dozens of reishi mushrooms that were starting to grow around the stump. Wow. And so I cared for them throughout the season, you know, because the children are playing. I sort of put a little you yeah. know, guard up around them yeah. and then was able to make medicine with them. But you, you can't make that stuff up. You can't. No. <laughs> you know, live and have them come. So, yes, I very much believe in who's coming to you. Who, who do you see? Who, do, who are you drawn to? What are they, what are they saying, you know, to pay attention to? Even like the images that come into your mind or the memory or the words or the smell. You know, so yes, I very much believe that what we need is right here. We don't have to reach and strive for it. We really just have to, you know, pay attention. Well, so thank Just look around. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I'm really glad that you mentioned that's a very important lesson for every herbalist to to learn to heal from. We really appreciate you taking time to be on our show and sharing your your wisdom and the the stories that you've been giving us and we look forward to having you again. How, how can people get a hold of you and, and this book that you've got? Well, I do have a website, which is www.alchemillas, A-L-C-H-E-M-I-L-L-A-S.com, the Latin name for um, ladies mantle. And then my email address is alcamillas at gmail.com. And the book is available on Amazon and it's also available on Lulu. But if you go to my website, there's a link there, you know, where you can click um, to order the book. So those are the two best ways. Beautiful. And we'll make sure we've got links for that on the show notes as well. That's my job. I'm going to do it. Don't you worry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so very much for being with us today. Thank you. And you know now what time it is, guys? It's time to put an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials 
questions or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.